0: everyone. For me, I always ask this one simple question. What makes you angry? And not what makes you angry as in someone caught me off in traffic yesterday. No. When you sit down at the end of the day and you either look at your day or you see something flash on the news, what gets your blood boiling? What gets you upset? There's a high probability that you have been created to solve that challenge, to be the answer to that problem.
1: Welcome to Season 2 of the Live My Dream Podcast. I am Brendan Abernathy, a singer-songwriter and performing artist from Georgia who is traveling around the United States of America playing shows, making new friends, spreading my music, and hopefully a little bit of joy along the way, and I am undoubtedly living my dream. On this podcast, I interview quote-unquote everyday world changers who have delayed someday. And decided to make it today. On this episode I sit down with Arthur Tripp, the state of Georgia's first independent Senate candidate in over 40 years. Arthur and I talk about focusing on the controllable things, about the intersection of independence and unity, and about how to blaze a trail. Hello hello this is Brennan Abernathy host of the Live My Dream podcast. Outside in a beautiful day In a beautiful public park here in Beaufort, Georgia, the Beaufort Community Center, sitting across from an equally dynamic man, (laughs) Mr. Arthur Tripp. Arthur, what do you want to say to the people?
0: Hello, everybody. I hope y'all are well. It's a beautiful day here in Beaufort. Look look at that sky, Brendan. Just take a look and look up. It's beautiful. Clear skies.
1: The color reminds me of another color I've seen on a button on your shirt.
0: (laughs) Fresh air. And that's the whole model, fresh air, (laughs) bringing some fresh air.
1: Okay, before we get into uh, all of this, (laughs) I want to say, sitting across from me is one of my dear friends, Arthur Tripp. We met at the University of Georgia when he was, uh, I don't know, the right-hand man to Jerry Moorhead, president. Uh, I often called him the enthusiasm of the room. Um, He's a very charismatic man. He brings brings the energy. And uh, he has decided to take that energy away from the University of (laughs) (laughs) of Georgia and bring it to... His home community here in Buford, Georgia, yeah. um, and he's actually running as the first ever independent candidate for state senate representative. Yeah, state senate. State I think state it's
0: senate. probably the the first, obviously, ever for the for our community. Uh, our team has told me that it's the first in over forty years for the state, and so it's, it's kind of dynamic. It's it's interesting.
1: <laughs> so, so Arthur's neither Republican nor Democrat. So, right. if you're listening to this, whichever side you are on, uh, I am not endorsing either party by having Arthur on the show. I am endorsing. Arthur Tripp as my friend and as a member of the live my dream community and as someone who has decided to do something bold um, courageous and I really love kind of his vision and he's gonna talk about that and just we're gonna talk about his decision process more than anything um, and just hopefully encourage you as well to take steps into things that maybe are scary for you but in no way, we're not. This is not super about politics. It's yeah. more about the process. The process. So, yeah. Arthur, yeah. tell us a little bit about where you came from and where yeah. you're going.
0: Yeah, thanks, Brennan, and, and hello, everyone. You know, I'm I'm from um, this community. I'm, I'm from uh, Gwinnett County. You know, we're standing, or rather, sitting, uh, less than hundred yards from my parents first purchased their first home when they were married. You know, we're sitting less than uh, 30 feet away where I broke my first bone. Nice. and so where, where we are right now is, is really important to me it looks a lot different now there's been a lot of revitalization in this area uh, but you know I, i'm the son of now of a single parent uh, you know my parents divorced when they got uh, when i was young uh, we had a very very hard tough upbringing uh, you know it's, it's funny we started here but we probably lived in over 10 to 12 different communities in gwinnett county because that oftentimes we didn't have a place to call our own you know my mom uh, worked for the state uh, we struggled and, um, you know, it's through that process that I learned a lot about my faith. I learned a lot about hard work. I learned a lot about myself. And um, here I am.
1: What's a big lesson you learned? Oh,
0: man, never give up. Um, and I know that's to many that may seem as a very cliche you know, phrase. But, you know, when you're staring at an obstacle, when you're staring at uh, the naysayers and potentially the negativity, Uh, you've got to understand that you can't give up you know if there's a fire burning in your heart if there is a mission that has been placed in your spirit you can't give up you know right now we sit here um i had no idea that 30 years ago 32 years ago we would be sitting here today as an interview uh, running for state senate
1: two questions are going to come out of this uh first one is the more intentional question yeah when it has felt impossible yeah what do you do to get yourself moving
0: yeah you know sitting here uh, a lot of people say what we're doing is impossible and i think you got to go back and and figure out how you got to where you are when things seem impossible when the naysayers are continuing to crowd around you i'm a big person of solitude and, and withdrawing i've got to get away from the crowds either one way or another folks will support you folks will be against you but for me I've got to get to a, a space where I can reflect and meditate and pray and write down some things that have been placed in my heart uh, so that I am not reacting based off of the popularity of what other people are saying. To me, it's withdrawal, quite frankly. i got to withdraw.
1: Okay, so as a quote-unquote politician, I don't yeah. know if you want to define yourself as ah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. as, as a man of the people. There we go. Um, I would instantly think, got to be extroverted. Yeah. And when I saw you around the campus, you always seemed extroverted. Okay. Are you an extrovert? Or are you an introvert?
0: You know, it's funny. Um, from in the, in the daytime, I'm certainly an extrovert. But I got to recharge just like everybody else. Um, you know, I do draw on getting energy from other people. I love talking. I love engaging. But I also understand that there has to be a, a happy balance. between then get some time by yourself. Uh, my wife is very gracious in allowing me from time to time to just withdraw you know, we have a young family now, I have a young son. He's He turned one in July. And so it's really hard to find some time to get away. And so, you know, I, I take it back to uh, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. You've got to withdraw. You've got to get away. And for me, that is how I can stay constant, um, is, is taking a step away from where I am. Thank you.
1: So in terms of uh, the second question, yeah. a little less intentional. Sure. Very fun. Yeah. Tell me a story, either from your own life or maybe a leader that you admire, who faced impossible circumstances and decided to persevere, and just has like a really cool story, kind of like you know Aragorn, son of Arathorn, or something. Oh man, that's good. I I don't pick him,
0: but yeah, yeah, no, that's good. No, I'd I'd have to say it would be um, Congressman David Scott. Um, I hate to pick another politician because and we can talk about this more later, but I'm actually more against the political establishment than some may seem. But, you know, when I worked on Capitol Hill when I was younger for a number of years, I got to work with a guy who, to me, didn't seem like a politician. You know, to me, he was a faith-driven, centered individual who cared about his family. And he's the son of a sharecropper. And to see him navigate throughout his life, um, you know, growing up shucking corn in the fields, and he would tell me these stories where you know, we're sitting in the lobby waiting on a meeting or something to that extent. And just seeing him rise to the occasion and overcome adversity time after time after time, it, it, it showed and displayed to me uh, that creating a path that may not have been created for you is there. Maybe that path is there for you to create for someone else. And so I, I draw from, from leaders like him. I draw from leaders like John Lewis. You know, I draw from leaders... Um, like that who have had to have such a uh, ground-breaking moment in their lives where they had to go after something that's larger than themselves.
1: I think that's an awesome insight. In terms of picking that path, I think it's easy to look at you now and it's like, okay, well, he always wanted to shake it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. But, you know, maybe for someone listening, it's not something itching at them. Yeah, they, they aren't content with right. the options ahead of them. Right. Like I was not content with the options I was looking at, but I didn't really know exactly what fired me up, what yeah. made me come alive, yeah. what that path was. Yeah. What is your encouragement to someone in terms of finding the path to be blazed?
0: Right, that's a great question, and, I, and this would be my response. I think in life, each of us, we have been designed to solve a problem. To become an answer to a problem, and oftentimes I think the world and society encourages us to solve these grand challenges and these grand problems that our parents want us to solve. For example, a lot of our parents want us to be lawyers, or um, you know, in the medical field, or you know, and, and that may not fit everyone. For me, I always ask this one simple question: What makes you angry? And not what makes you angry, as in someone caught me off in traffic yesterday. No. When you sit down at the end of the day and you either look at your day or you see something flash on the news, what gets your blood boiling? What gets you upset? There's a high probability that you have been created to solve that challenge, Hmm. to be the answer to that problem. And I think that we need more thoughtful individual uh, leaders and, and quite frankly individuals who are willing to take an objective look at their life but an objective look at society. You know, so often I feel like we have been taught to go through life looking through the lens of someone else, either our parents or our teachers or our brothers or our sisters. When are we going to sit down and objectively look at uh, the events of the day or tomorrow and, and try to be an answer to a problem?
1: How do we do that when everything is so slanted right
0: now? Yeah not only is everything so slanted, but it's so instant. You know, and everyone knows, it's no secret, the news cycles 24 seven. You know, if you got the social media, which can have its challenges, I go back to what I said before and withdrawing. You know, I think that if we are able to be a little more balanced in our walks daily, you know, for instance, you know, you may choose to read this new service or that new service, but how often have you tried, gone to just open up the other news service who may be in direct competition with that one or how often have you taken an hour out of your day to go volunteer you know for example with our campaign I and I would challenge every campaigner, very anyone who wants to represent individuals to do this we went and volunteered right here at the North Gwinnett co-op well we learned that there were 17,000 individuals in our community alone that's just in Northern Gwinnett who are going hungry and who don't have clothes on a day like today where it's cold out. And for so many of the folks who were with our teams, they weren't aware of that. You know, you go around a community, you think that, you know, it's X, Y, or Z. And, and the challenge is, is we've got to step out of our comfort zones. We've got to be willing to dedicate some time to challenge the status quo, to do something that we wouldn't have otherwise have done. Every community has a food pantry or, or a co-op or, you know, some philanthropic organization. And so take a step out and just go spend an hour just an hour. Maybe that'll help to lead you uh, to the solving the solution that I believe that you could be created to solve.
1: So what makes your blood boil? What's that solution you're solving?
0: Inequality. You know, growing up having less than, I I could not stand looking at society and and, and, and seeing not only so many inefficiencies, but no one really trying to help us. You know, not a handout, but even from an education standpoint, You know, there are a lot of single families across this state. There are a lot of families who are challenged, not just financially, but from perhaps a wisdom perspective. And I didn't see enough people willing to reach out and engage. I saw too many people staying in their lanes, if you will. You know, there's this thing in society, Darwinism, survival of the fittest. And I haven't really seen a lot of, well, it's me and you versus me and you. And so I I think that we need to see more people understanding that when we solve issues together, we all rise. But if it ever becomes me versus you like it is in our current political state, then we both fail because we don't get anything done. And that's not okay.
1: So how are you taking what has become partisan issues and making them? Basically nonpartisan because what you're doing is you're presenting this alternative, this independent route. Yeah. Whereas honestly, like when I hear inequality, first thing that comes to my brain is, well, that's an issue that's trying to be solved by one side and yeah. not the other because that's just how it's painted by the right. two, like by yeah. everything that I consume. Yeah. So what do you?
0: I think that I think that's quite accurate. You know, our hope is to bring people together to actually talk about the issue, to actually try to build relationships across both sides of the aisle. You know, when I worked in Washington, D.C. Um, on Capitol Hill, one of my greatest um, opportunities there was working with the other side of the aisle. You know, for example, we had genuine friendships. We played tennis together and played flag football together and, and we went and played golf together. We played basketball together. And the whole premise was bringing people together. Right now, when I look across the spectrum politically, I don't see anyone offering the host a table, host an event to bring both sides just to talk. You know, this premise of being able to disagree without being disagreeable. Why is it just me or you? You know, why aren't we seeing more candidates? Why aren't we seeing more leaders saying, you know what? I agree, I don't agree with that party, but I still think I should host a dinner to have their family over to just talk through the issues.
1: It's inspiring. I think uh, you said Fresh air and that's kind of your color scheme with the light blue. Right. Man. Yes. Anyone, I personally think anyone agrees it's time for, I don't know, friendship. Right. Like not hating someone just because of what they think. Struggling with boredom. Looking for something fun to do. Feeling like you just want to get out of the house listening to this podcast. (laughs) Man, oh man, do I have the option for you. The Burrito Challenge, the single best day of the year. We're talking five burritos, four amazing activities, a day full of fellowship and fun. You will make new friends. You will eat until you don't want to eat anymore. You will have a great time. It's a partnership as old as time, Brendan Abernathy and the Burrito Challenge. And this year it is tentatively planned for July 25th in Atlanta. And there could be... More locations and more dates coming your way. Don't believe me? Check out The Burrito Challenge at theburritochallenge.com or on their incredible Instagram page at burritochallenge. Hope to see you there and keep eating. Transitioning more into how you decided to do this, so Arthur was working for the University of Georgia, had a really, really seemingly enjoyable job, a job that was admired across campus, um he was like one of those guys that you look at and you're like oh this guy's the man just because <laughs> of like basically his prominence at the university he's got a wife yeah you have one kid right. yeah one kid one yeah, kid yeah. son yep what's his name
0: Our arthur the third or arthur we, call him, the third. Or call, we him. call him poopy depending on uh, <laughs> how it goes <laughs> yikes yeah, Ooh, yeah. um <laughs> well
1: yeah, that's not the easiest decision to yeah. leave that comfortable, prestigious job yeah. to go to a job where you have to fundraise your own
0: living. Yeah,
1: How did you, wh- when, how did it reach the tipping point, I guess, with the yeah. blood boiling to make yeah. you want to do it?
0: Well, let me back up a little bit. You know, when I worked on Capitol Hill, the reason I got out of politics to begin with is because of the level of division and we weren't getting anything done. So uh, I was led to go work at the University of Georgia where I loved it. I mean, I loved it. The people there, I think President Moorhead really cares about students. I think that's really rare when you go to um, education. And and a lot of times people are more focused on raising the dollars or building the buildings. He's focused on people. And so I, I say I'd like to say that it was really hard. I mean, really hard. And if it weren't for my faith and for my supportive wife, I got to be honest with you. I wouldn't have left. It got to a point to where I couldn't sit down and be comfortable where we were going and where we will be tomorrow. I mean, every time you turn on the news. As a nation or as a family? As a nation. Okay. Sorry, thank you for clarifying that. You know, I still read the news just like you read the news. I have an interest in our community just like you have an interest in your community. The problem is where were no solutions to the challenges that we saw. And so, you know, I I sat down and I toiled and I tossed and I prayed and, you know, I had to finally be comfortable with understanding that my life is not my own. But I too was created to solve a problem. And when I sit back and look at the status quo, there's a major problem. And I'm just thankful that the Lord entrusted me and my wife and our family, and counted us as a, as a willing heart to get out and to do something different. And uh, here we are at the great experiment. You know, they say government and, and democracy is the great experiment, and I will say what we're doing is a great experiment because there aren't many folks who have, have done this.
1: Tell us that story about that guy who yelled the very inspirational phrase to you.
0: Oh, yeah. Weekend. this Yeah, no, it was <laughs> and it was actually really encouraging to me. This weekend, um, we were out knocking on doors, and I will say this, and in order to win this election, we're going to have to really— get our message out there. I'm not worried about people selecting lever for us as long as our message is out there. I think the message of people over political party will resonate. I think the message of fresh air will resonate. So I went and uh, knocked on a gentleman's door this weekend uh, here in, in our community. And uh, he opened the door and I said, hey, you know, my name's Arthur. I'm running for state senate. And, you know, and I said, I'm running as an independent. And he looked at me and he says, well, I just want you to know I'm pretty conservative. And then I began to tell him why. I'm running as an independent. Because for far too long, the agendas of political parties from a national level aren't really trickling down to match the interests of our community issues. And so we were talking about that and then I began to walk away and then he yelled out to me, go save our republic. Go save our republic.
1: Just reminds me of Star Wars or something like that.
0: But you know, it, what that brought me back to what is what George Washington said in his farewell speech. He warned us against the dangers of a two-party political system. And when you look at some of the issues in our communities that really aren't being solved, it's scary to me. And so here we are. Solving them. Trying to.
1: Trying to. (laughs) As you were created to do.
0: Amen.
1: The journey to find what you're created to do. Yeah. Any advice to people?
0: Oh, yeah. You know, I come at it from a very um, faith perspective. Uh, guidance, a very faith provision, very faith perspective. Um, In addition to what I was saying before on finding what makes you angry, finding what makes your blood boil, like genuinely finding what makes your blood boil, um, in addition to withdrawing, um, I think that you've got to be able to understand that your life is not your own. I think that we have really got to get to a sense of believing that this world is so much bigger, but yet, kind of like I was saying before, we have purpose in solving it. And I think for me, going back to the faith uh, component is you gotta, you, you really want to develop a strong prayer life. Um, you really want to develop a strong uh, relationship with the Lord because there are a lot of things that we don't understand. I'm not all knowing. Um, and I am proud, though, to serve um, a God who is. And it's humbling for me, it's humbling to understand that this is not about me, my life, my journey, my path, what comes through this race is not about me. I find peace in knowing that I don't have to have all the answers. And I think society today tells us that you should have all the answers. You must have all the answers. You know, everyone has these five and these 10 year plans. I'll be honest with you, five years ago, 10 years ago, I had no idea I'd be sitting here today running for office. I had no idea that I would be had worked at the University of Georgia. I worked on Capitol Hill. And so we've got to have some guidance about where we want to go, but we've got to be able to break the notion that you have to have all the answers right now.
1: Any advice to someone who doesn't have faith in God?
0: Yeah, I, I, I would say do the same tenets of withdrawing and take a look, objective look at uh, society. Um, I think finding the, your, what makes your blood boil is transferable across all faiths I think it's transferable across uh, humanity we have got to really get to a space of giving back and serving and it doesn't take you know a, a, a certain type of individual to do that right on
1: let's take a couple steps back yeah. you graduated from the University of Georgia in yeah. what year uh, 2009 2009 Pretty good. Well, that was actually a really bad football year. But the year before it was really good, right?
0: It was really good for what?
1: Football. All that matters. You know,
0: well, it's (laughs) it's funny. My last – I'll never forget this. My last game in Sanford Stadium, we lost to Georgia Tech. And I remember walking back to our – and today it still stings me. That's why I have such a uh, concern for the Jackets because that that stuck with me. But, yeah, it was – you know, I remind people today, the glory years we're living in them right now. Mm. I remember coming back uh, <laughs> after every Florida game, and you know, you listen to the song, all the songs are already pre made with us losing. I can't remember who it was who made the song Corey Smith. Corey Smith. It's every long dog has his day. There
1: you go. The game we should have won.
0: That's it. And so, I, <laughs> I remind people today when they see, a, we you know, we may make a hiccup once or twice throughout the year. Y'all, we've won the SEC East three times in a row. Hopefully, by the time people are listening to this, we're on our way to the national championship. Even if not, we still are in. The, we're in the game, you know. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, the, the reason I ask has nothing to do with football. Sure. When you graduated, yep. You didn't know you were going to be doing this. I had, you you know, didn't know you were going to be working for Jerry Moorhead.
0: Let me back it. Yeah. When I graduated, I had a plan and a goal to go work for a government agency that shall remain unnamed. I went my entire senior year with the premise that is where I was going to be. I had done the interviews. They had flown me to Washington, D.C. You know, when you get on a plane, someone puts you on a plane, you think it's a done deal. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to a couple of months, I got this nondescript letter in the mail saying you didn't get chosen. So I had to go through the rest of my college career, those last, that last second semester. Everyone's getting their jobs at the, the, the big three and the big five, the accounting firms, the consulting firms. And I, I'm sitting here like, well, wait a minute. I thought I've done a pretty good job here. I have no idea where I'm gonna go. And that pressure began to set in. It began to set in. I graduated without a job. I, I remember back then graduation was on a Saturday. I flew to Washington on a Sunday and began interviewing. There are three jobs that I interviewed for, I didn't get them. And looking back, obviously hindsight's always twenty I'm glad I didn't get them because by the time I ended up willfully leaving my time in D.C., none of them were in power anymore. None of them were in office. And so I say all that to say to, to, to our listeners who are struggling with, what do I do next? It's not clear. It doesn't make sense. I want to encourage you to sit down and just take a deep breath. There are some things in life that you cannot control. Quite frankly, there's a lot of things in life that you cannot control, but what you can control is just doing your best and putting your all on that moment and just trust it. Fast forward when I graduated and moved to, um, or excuse me, when I, I finally started in, in, uh, on Capitol Hill, I remember we were, I was tasked with hiring interns. I started out as an unpaid intern there you know, the whole Drake song, started from the bottom, now we're here? Yes. That was true for me. I started out at the bottom and then got the opportunity to be a senior policy advisor. But I remember I would tell our young staffers and I would tell our interns, relax. You won't be unemployed forever. And I, I, I could see that helped a lot of people because society has put so much pressure on us. You've got to have the job now. You've got to have the six figures now. You've got to have your spouse now. You need to have your next 50 years planned out today. And that's such an unfair expectation. It's so unfair. So we can't feed into that. We can't buy into that. You can only do your best. And trust that what's supposed to happen will happen. You can only put yourself in the room. You can't make the door open yourself.
1: Hey, 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 thank you for listening. I'm about to insert 45 seconds of one of my songs. If you're interested in hearing it, it's called Three Blocks Down the Road. If you are not, Skip forward twice and back once. I fell through once again. What I had planned never right, always wrong, but it's all right in the end. I'm okay today. I got to sit in the rain and think of you. Did you map moving space? For in Transitioning to the last portion of the Live My Dream podcast, Arthur, this section is presented by my friend Kyle Larson, who invented the concept of life hacks. So we are here at the Kyle Larson's Life Hacks portion of the Live My Dream podcast. Arthur, what is your overarching life hack?
0: Oh, man prayer and trusting the unknown you know for me and for each of us when we have to make a conscious decision in our lives that will really define our destinies we've got to understand that it's bigger than us and quite frankly I'm not qualified to make that decision on my own and my life hack has been and I will Continue to focus on this, which is to trust that there is a bigger plan at play, and not to get this all, you know, existential. All you know, I think sometimes when you talk existentially, it, it kind of scares people and makes you sound crazy. But I guess have a little faith. We don't know it all. We don't have it all. And anyone who presents and thinks they do know it all and have it all, they're worse off than the next. Just have a little faith that there is a bigger play, there is a bigger plan. And spend some time with getting to know yourself more, like truly do that. You know, it was one of my professors who told me this, I'll never forget this, I was a senior in college. He asked, he said, have you ever gone to go see a movie by yourself? And at the time we all looked at him like he was crazy. Why would we do that? Why would we go and watch a movie in a theater by ourselves? It's crazy until you try it. When I went and did it, I laughed at parts I probably would have never laughed at because it's such a groupthink moment when you're in a movie theater. You laugh when you're when the person sitting next to you laughs. You may get emotional, you know, so it's it's we need to spend more time in getting to know ourselves authentically. Spend some time going on a walk or a hike. Or, you know, go try something different, even if it's by yourself. Get to know yourself more now, and that will help to drive you forward. The problem is we're trying to get to know who other people want us to be, as opposed to getting to know who we are. Getting to know that fire in our belly.
1: Who are you? Oh, my God, that's such a. <laughs> <deep> question.
0: <laughs> but like, in comparison
1: with who people want you to be, who are you, Arthur?
0: You can ask my uh, 15-month-year-old son and my wife who who uh, who I am. I can tell you what I want to be known as. Dámelo. I want to be known as a man who relentlessly pursued God's will. A man who relentlessly pursued bringing people together and trying to reintroduce peace in an unstable environment. Hmm. Not to be known as a candidate for state senate because at the end of the day, I'll be honest with you, being called senator is not that important to me. What's important to me is really knowing that I gave it my all to truly actually bring people together. It's doable. There's no better time in history to do this. That's what I want to be known as.
1: Love it. App everyone needs to download to their phone.
0: Everyone in the state of Georgia needs to go to their library, get a public library card, and download RB Digital. It is fascinating. Every magazine that you can think of is there. The Economist um, you know, for free. Backpacking for free.
1: The Economist is free.
0: Free. RB Digital. And if you're a resident of Athens, Clark County, for example, yeah, it's it's all there. You get that you get a library card and you get access to the Wall Street Journal, free. RB Digital. Download. Go to your local library card if you're in the state of Georgia. Sign up access to all of it. Comics is free. That, name a name a magazine that you like.
1: National Geographic. Free. Killer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> book <laughs> book non-self-help book everyone needs to read.
0: Oh. Ooh. I'm going to say George Bush's uh, Decision Points. <laughs> you need <your> w. Yeah. <laughs> that may be because of the lunch we just had. My but, good friend. Yeah. George well, w. Bush. well, the reason I say that is because I think that you know, throughout life, we are often told people's um, accounts of what happened and what they think happened. It's really great always to go to the source. And I think that in that book, uh, George Bush does a really good job of—President um, Bush, rather— does a really good job of enlightening various decisions that were made.
1: about a um, movie that we need to go see alone in a the theater?
0: Polar Express. Nice. It's out again. Oh, yes. That's my favorite Christmas movie. Okay. I love Polar Express. Cool.
1: Album everyone needs to listen to from Ooh. start to finish. Oh.
0: Kanye West graduation.
1: This is pre Saul DePaul?
0: Yes. <laughs> How do
1: you feel about new Kanye West?
0: Look, I I, I, uh, I will continue to pray with him. I'm hopeful that um, he continues to inspire people and, and uh, make a difference.
1: Thank you. Yeah. You think it's genuine? I hope so.
0: I think so. Yeah.
1: I listened through it the first bit I was like wondering yeah and then he has that song where he says like who's gonna what about the Christians they'll be the first one to judge us and I was yeah. like mm, that's powerful it's like, real that's real it's yeah. real and that's when I think I decided that it was
0: but you know generic. for me it's more than just an album I want to see um, and really, it's not for me to prejudge or pre-describe yeah, sure I, I just I just hope he continues to um, uh, be the light and uh, hope that inspires others to come to the light Right on. I'm hopeful.
1: Anything we haven't talked about that you want to talk about?
0: Yeah, one thing I just want to say um, that we haven't covered is the importance of relationships, friendships, and family. You know, I was speaking to a good friend of mine recently, and, you know, everyone has family drama, right? Everyone's got family drama. And I was just a little disheartened in how, at times, we can get caught up in believing that we are here on this earth forever and i want us to realize that whether we want to openly admit this or not we all have a date with destiny that we cannot escape and seeing that that is true i want us to be a little more graceful towards each other a little more loving towards each other a little more understanding towards each other because i feel like in this new Insta gratification age, we are being set up to think that we're here for a long time. And that's not true. I think that life is so precious and so incredibly short that I'm not sure that we are really understanding that in our daily walks.
1: Taking that into account, what is your advice to my friend right here listening yeah. with us?
0: Yeah. Um, believe 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 that what is knocking on the inside of you believe that what is bubbling inside of you believe that what you have an inkling that you really want to try but it may not be popular it may not be sexy it may not be cool try it you know I I I, I count this um, I was listening to this great word the other day and he said What would be crowned as crazy in this season will be counted as faith in the next. Sometimes we go through seasons in our life where we are called to be different. And I want us to celebrate our differences in the sense of understanding that we're not supposed to be uniform. We're human, we're different. Now those differences shouldn't divide. I think our differences should unite us. And so I I would tell our friends that it's okay to be different. As long as our differences aren't an impediment and aren't used to hurt and aren't used to demean and aren't used to bring down, let us use that to come together.
1: Boom. Boom. Trip 2020. If you're in the Beaufort, Georgia area, reach out. I'm sure he would love to grab a... uh coffee would you like to do that I'd
0: love that yeah I don't know if you drink
1: coffee yeah I love coffee oh, nice. I love
0: coffee I love tea I, I just I just love the company
1: the sheep thank you big time for joining us again this week on the live my dream podcast I hope that this episode with Arthur Tripp was inspiring and that you saw how amazing of a guy he is and how truly pure his intentions are and in what he is doing And if you'd like to learn more about Arthur or get to know him a little bit better or sit down for coffee or tea or something, you can find more information on how to contact him in the show notes. And you can also contact me through my information in the show notes if you're interested in doing so. And I would absolutely love to, for real. And I cannot wait until we're back next week with the ever eccentric Joshua Pickens, who has chosen to pursue a career as a model after graduating. We had a really cool conversation, so I can't wait to see you then. In the meantime, go make it today.